this morning, I would like to again continue our sermon series that we started last week. A series by name, if you can put the slide, The Epicenter of Hope. Can you say that with me? The Epicenter of Hope. A Christmas that shook the foundations. Amen? 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 So the objective of the sermon series are, as you see that in the screen, number one, can you read with me? So there are three objectives. One is to understand the impact that Christmas made when Christ was born. And secondly, to keep Christ as the epicenter of our hope when our hope shakes. Right? All of our hope shakes at some point of time. We stumble and we worry. We wonder what's going on in our lives. And thirdly, to propagate the original impact of Christmas that was made when Christ was born and we need to make that, we need to make sure that impact is spread across the world today. And you have a responsibility and I have a responsibility. Next slide, if you can see the impact of Christmas, three things we are going to talk about in the heavenly realm and in the earthly kingdom and among the ordinary people like you and me. There are three impacts, number one, Impact on the heavenly kingdom. Number two, over the earthly kingdom. Number three, among the ordinary, you and me. So today, we are going to talk about the impact Christmas makes in the heavenly realm. So this morning, I would like to title my sermon as A Christmas That Shook the Kingdoms of the Devil. Can you say that with me? A Christmas, the Christmas... A Christmas that shook the devil's kingdom. So the starting point of our sermon this morning was the declaration of Satan of independence from God. Satan at some point of time he declared that he is no more with God. He is going to be independent. You know every country, can I get a little more feedback? Every country... At some point of time, they used to be in a slavery. And they received, they declared independence at some point of time. Do you remember the year your country declared independence? Any of you? I mean, your original country, the country where you were born. 96? 1916? 1960, which country? Nigeria declared independence. When India declared independence? 1947, good students. 1947, India declared. So every nation, they declared independence, you know, because they don't want to be under the rulership of somebody. Satan in the heavenly realm, he declared independence from God Shortly after creation, he didn't want to coexist with God. So this morning, we are going to talk about a couple of things, and we are going to talk about what is our theme this morning. The impact Christmas made on the devil's kingdom. Can you say that with me? The impact 
Christmas made on the devil's kingdom. Satan said, you know, this morning I'm going to take you through a couple of, you know, strong teachings in the word of God. Don't ask me, when did you have time to prepare yesterday night after the event? Right, so this morning I'm going to take you through a couple of detailed teaching on how Satan operates and what made, what impact Christmas made on his kingdom. Are you with me this morning? Do you want me to, want me to take it further this morning? Do you want me to preach this morning? Are you sure? Okay, okay, let's go forward. Satan's aggression to corrupt the earth, first of all. We are talking about the entry of, this, entry of sin into the universe. There are two prophetical books that talk about the entry of Satan on sin in the world. Which are those prophetical books? Number one. Isaiah and Okay, now we'll tell all the prophetical books now Zechariah Daniel Okay, there are quite a few of them, right? Which book? Ezekiel anybody remember I was actually I was about to ask you the chapter which chapter refers that but then you know I asked the book good So entry of Satan into the universe. That's what you're talking about two books prophetical books Ezekiel and Isaiah, Ezekiel and Isaiah. The way to remember Ezekiel 28. Can you all say that with me, Ezekiel 28? Out loud, out loud. Those who are not saying anything, out loud. Ezekiel 28 and another prophetical book, Isaiah 14. It's just half of it. It's easy to remember. And I'm going to ask you, Ezekiel, Isaiah, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Ezekiel, Isaiah. Very good. Ezekiel 28. Okay, Ezekiel 28, God was asking Ezekiel to lament over the king of Tyre. The king of Tyre reference to, makes reference to the devil, the Lucifer. The Lucifer, no, no scripture on the screen yet. I didn't ask you to put a screen, scripture on the screen yet. Ezekiel 28, word of God is talking about God asking Ezekiel to lament over, listen to me, lament over the king of Tyre. Why God had to lament over Lucifer? You know, today, I have a problem. You know, I'm in the ministry, right? Somebody who is just next to me, just shoulder to shoulder, helping me in this ministry, to bring this in ministry to, to a greater extent. And suddenly he says, you know, today, from today onwards, you know, I'm going to separate from this church. By the way, many churches are getting separated. I receive prayer calls from the U.S. asking me to pray, asking us to pray for unity in churches. Unity in churches. So how do I feel? The same feeling God had when Satan left his abode. And when Satan declared independence, so independence, you know, God had the same feeling and he's calling upon somebody to lament over. And he says, you are the seal of perfection you were full of wisdom and beauty you were in the garden of Eden the garden of God every precious stone were in the in your was in your covering the sardius the topos and the diamond beryl onyx and jasper and sapphire and turquoise and emerald with gold the workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day when you were created such a beautiful being now God says in Ezekiel 28 verses 14 and 15, can you read with me? You were 
the anointed cherub who covers. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. Devil was anointed. Anointed by the Holy Ghost. Devil was anointed by the Holy Ghost. You were anointed cherub who covers. Who covers, who protects the universe, the entire creation. Such a high honor. I established you. You were in the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. Such a freedom in the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of heaven. You were perfect in your ways from the day when I created you till iniquity was found in you. He was perfect in everything. And Isaiah puts it in this way because God puts a different burden in the heart of Isaiah. He talks about the fall of Lucifer and he says, how you are fallen from heaven. Oh, Lucifer, son of the morning, how you are cut down to the ground. And he says, and you weaken the nations. Can we get to the scriptures now? Isaiah 14, 13. And through 15, can you read with me? For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into two weeks before we heard a sermon on humility. Rishabh was preaching on humbleness. Humbleness. What is happening here? For you have said in your heart. Humility is, you know, just an inward thing. It's an attitude thing. Sometimes you just show that attitude inside of you. You don't even show it outside Humility was, sorry, pride was found in your heart. You said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. Read with me. I will, read with me out loud. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God and I will sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest side of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds and I will be like the most high. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol to the lowest depths of the pit that's what the desire of satan the same desire comes in our lives same desire comes in our lives too it's the work of the devil we should be able to identify when it just comes inside of us we don't want to lift ourselves above god sometimes the way we pray we pray that as if we know everything we just instruct god god do this do this do this do this this is what i want god just please do it oh god you know nothing you know nothing we know nothing we do not know what is good for us. Only God knows. God, if it is your will, give it to me. Otherwise, no. Otherwise, no. Always we should be able to humble ourselves, not to lift us above God. So after, so God had to push him down because he cannot keep him together and run the ministry. You got it? You cannot keep him together and run the ministry. So God had to push him down. God had to push him down. I mean, th that's biblical. That's how it works. So after Satan has fallen, he was really on set to expand the corruption into the other creations. That was his mission. And even today, that is his mission. He wanted to expand the corruption into, into every one of the creations of God. And he approached Adam and Eve. And he got succeeded. He brought humanity under his control. He made them to rebel against God the same way he did. 
That's how Satan works. That's how devil works. And God pronounced curse over man. The moment, you know, we give hands to Satan and try to do things against the kingdom of God, what comes upon our lives is what? Curse. Curse. So God had to pronounce curse over women, over man, and over the land, and over serpent. So as a result, Satan came to know something which was hidden in the mind of God, which was conceived even before the foundation of the earth. And he came to know that because God just pronounced it. God just said that. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, can you read with me? And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed and he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Satan came to know that there is something. I mean, even, even now he's listening, you know that? Don't look at this side, this side. <laughs> even now Satan is listening. What we say. That, that's why it becomes very interesting for me. So he says, he listened, that God is up to something. He's going to bring the seed of the woman. That's all he had, exactly that's what he heard, nothing more. He can't imagine, he can't guess, nothing more. Seed of the woman, and your seed and her seed, I will bring enmity. Now, Satan realized there is something going to happen. He knows how powerful God is, and he knows how powerful he is. You know, as I said, God has not taken any of those gifts from him yet. He will never. That's the scripture. When God has given you a gift, he is not going to take it away. Even if you walk away from God, even if you live in sin, gift will continue to operate. You cannot identify by the giftings. Now he starts slandering against God. Let's talk about Satan's slander against God. Slandering, slander, slander simply means making false statements about somebody. Making false statements, you know, to defame somebody, to bring somebody down. Now, every day, as usual, the business was usual. Angels come into the presence of God. Every day morning for the stand-up meeting, God has in his kingdom. And they all came, angels came, and they were giving account. I was doing this. I just went there. I was just taking care of this family, this, this person. He was about to get into some, uh, some accident. I protected him. And all those kind of accounts angels are giving in the presence of God. And who also came? Satan also came there. He was not an invited attendee. He was not invited there. He was not a guest either. So, but he came there. So if you notice the conversation between Satan and God, Satan not only accusing Job, he's also slandering God. Can you come with me to Job chapter 1 verses 8 to 11? We are going to just read this very slowly. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? Lord is telling this to Satan that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and an upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil. So Satan answered the Lord. You know, listen to this. All the angels are standing there, but the Lord is talking to Satan about Job. That's a context. So Satan answering the Lord, and he said, carry read with me. Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, and around all that he has on every side? 
you have blessed the work of his hands and his possession and increased him in the land. But verse 11, can you read with me? But now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has and he will surely curse you to your face. Who gave the authority for Satan to come and speak to God in this way? Even today he does that. Even today he does that because the Bible says he's an accuser. He's an accuser of the of brethren. He complains every time about God. God, look at him, what he's doing. Look at her, what she's doing. Look at her, the way she's speaking. Look at the way she's thinking. You know, he always accuses God. Accuses about you to God. So Satan is saying in the scriptures that we read, God, you do not know what you're doing really. That's what he's saying. So devil is charging God with saying that Job is loyal to you only because you protect him. Only because you protect him. Does Job fear God for nothing? That's the question he's asking. He's fearing God just because you take care of him. Now if you stretch out and touch him, he will surely curse you at your face. So in a way, Satan is saying, God, you don't really know what you're doing. God, you don't know how to really run the universe. I can do a better job than you do. You protect your people and you think that people are serving you, but that's not. You don't know how to run this universe, but I can do a better job if you can give it to me. That's what he's exactly telling God. So Satan was a slanderer against God. Because Satan was always concerned about the seed of the woman. Nothing else. Seed of the woman. Until he was born. After that it is different. So he knew it is coming. But he was not sure when. Satan had no idea when Jesus is going to come. When the seed is going to come. That's what he struggled throughout the Old Testament. So he started attacking Israel. Let's talk about the attack. Satan's attack on Israel. The conflict between the seed of the woman and the conflict between the seed of the serpent has been the focus. Has been the focus since creation until the birth of Lord Jesus Christ. If you look back the history of the nations, or in fact the history of Satan, he was targeting the nation of Israel because he knew very well the seed of the woman would come from God's elect nation. That's the nation of Israel. He knew very well the seed of women could come, it must come from God's elect nation. So Satan was obstructing God's plan in every possible way to destroy all the Jews. To destroy all the Jews. We're talking about Satan's kingdom, how he was establishing his kingdom. If you can come, come with me to Revelation, I'm just taking you without any mercy, without, I'm taking you to the book of Revelation now. The Revelation 12 explains Satan's attack on the nation of Israel. And he want to make sure that the nation of Israel doesn't give birth to the Messiah. Because when Messiah comes, he's going to crush the head of Satan. That was a prophecy which was spoken in the Garden of Eden. Now, if you can come with me, Revelation 12, 3 to 6, we'll not go detail into this prophetical book, but we'll just help. We'll just take what is required right, right now. Revelation 12, 3 to 6, can you read with me? And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon having how many heads? 
seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems on his head. Who's appearing there? A dragon is appearing. What the dragon is having in his head? Diadem. Diadem is what? Victor's crown. Victor's crown is, he's coming with that. Seven diadems on his crown, on, on his head, verse four. His tail drew the third of the stars of the heaven. The one third of the angelic host came down along with Satan when he fell from heaven, along with the uh, one third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon, listen to me now, stood before the prophecy connects, you know, uh, you know, different era, different periods. Right now he's coming into the New Testament era and the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth. Who is that woman there? The nation of Israel. The nation of Israel. Just come along with me. Now, and the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. Verse 5. She bore a male child who was the rule, who was to rule all the nations with the rod of iron. And her child was caught up to God and his throne because he is the son of God. Then the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God that they should feed her there 1,260 days. 1,260 days is approximately three and a half years. We are talking about the seven years period of tribulation during the first three, three and a half years. There is a protection given to the people of God. Let's move further. Now this attack continued. Satan tried to devour the male child at the moment it was born through King Herod. But God did not allow. God did not allow. At the time of the birth of Lord Jesus Christ, Satan really inspired King Herod to kill all the male children. They were killed? Yes or no? They were all killed, but except Jesus, Jesus was not killed. They couldn't touch him. But God is always one step ahead of Satan. I just want you to believe that this morning with me. Can you believe that? God is always one step ahead of Satan. Can you say that with me out loud? Can you declare that this morning out loud? In your situation, whatever situation that you may be going through this morning, just declare this saying that God, can you say that with me? God, you are always one step ahead of Satan. So he redirected the mind, minds of the three magi or the three wise men and asked them to go back in a different way. Don't go back to Herod. Don't go back to Herod. You see how devil was trying to kill Jesus? But devil really couldn't execute his plan. Now it's becoming more interesting. So he realized his ground is a little shaky now. Because he couldn't kill Jesus the way he wanted. And he realized his ground is a little shaky now. We are talking about the, 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 the impact that Christmas makes on the devil's kingdom. Even in the history, devil made many attempts to stop the women, the seed of the women, but nothing stopped him. Nothing stopped the coming Messiah. I, I couldn't put a slide, but I just want to quickly take you through the history a little bit. If you can come along with me, because he was not sure where the seed, when the seed is going to come. So he really motivated Cain to murder Abel. And that happened. He corrupted the lineage of Seth. Seth is the third son of Adam and Eve. From his genealogy, Noah came. He corrupted the entire generation of Seth and he destroyed the whole world. He motivated people to sin against God and God had to destroy the whole world, but except Noah. If Noah would have perished, perished 
in this generation should not have come. Christ would not have been born. You and I are not here. So he attempted, he made an attempt through somebody to rape Sarah so that the seed will not come out. Something else will come out of his choice. He made an opportunity, Rebecca, to be raped so that the seed will not come forth. Devil's plan, look at the devil's plan, how she's, he was operating. Rebecca's plan to cheat Isa out of the birthright, out just for the birthright, you know, so that Isa could pick up enmity against Jacob so that he can kill Jacob. The plan of the devil. The plan of the devil. In Exodus chapter 1, he made Pharaoh's mind so that he can kill all the male children under two, under the age of two. He attempted to, many times attempted to murder David. Once he, David was sitting with his music instrument in front of King Saul, he threw the spear on him, right, just right on him. But he escaped. He escaped. He wanted to kill the seed. He knew very well that the seed is going to come through this lineage and he kept an eye. You know, today, if the devil is keeping an eye in your family, he knows that something good is going to come out. He knows very well something good is going to come out through your life before you, you start, you know, you start disappearing from the face of this earth. If devil is trying to do something in your life this morning, you want to remember, you want to know that God is about to do something good through your children. You may not see them in, the, in them today, but God is up to something. God is up to something. Queen Athalia, the daughter of Ahab and Jezebel, he decided to destroy the royal kingdom. You remember, if you, you don't, we don't have time to, if you go to Chronicles, the book of Second Chronicles, he massacred, he massacred the kingdom of Judah completely. And devil was up there. Haman's attempt, attempt to slaughter all the Jews, you remember that? And he made consistent attempt to murder Israelites, to murder their own children and give them as a sacrifice that was happening in the book of Leviticus and Chronicles. We read that many times. Satan made many attempts in the history and he attacked King, and he attacked the attack of King Herod. During the time of the birth of Lord Jesus Christ in Bethlehem, you remember, and many such incidents took place in the life of Jesus. Jesus was born and he was in ministry and during his ministry, eight times, he tried to kill him. He tried to destroy him. And finally, he couldn't do it. So the most direct attempt that he made was to hang him at the cross. To hang him at the cross. He succeeded in that. And Jesus got crucified. But on the third day, for his surprise, he rose from the dead. We are talking about the impact that Christmas is making on the kingdom of the devil. So Satan really failed here. All his attempts right from the Garden of Eden, it's all failing one after the other. He couldn't succeed at all. And he miserably failed in all these attempts he tried until now. Satan is really at the losing edge now. He's really at the losing edge. He never realized that he will lose his control when Jesus was crucified. When Jesus was born, he thought he can destroy him. And later, 30 years, you know, Jesus was just be a carpenter with his family. And he thought, oh, you know what? Nothing is going to happen through him. I thought he's God. I thought, you know, he's son of man. But, you know, I know the prophecies. I thought, you know, maybe it's the wrong person. He's just a carpenter. Nothing is going to happen. So 30 days, so 30 years, devil was kind of, you know, relaxing. 
He was taking his, all his vacations, which was spending vacations and going to the resorts and enjoying his time because he thought nothing is going to happen 30 years. He's just an ordinary carpenter. After baptism, when Jesus took baptism, he realized that heaven was attesting on him, saying that, son of man, he's my beloved son. And Satan was right there. He was a participant in the baptism service, by the way. He was there right there. He was part of that singing, clapping. I follow Jesus, no matter what happens. He was right there, standing there, taking, seeing you all take baptism in Chocolate Lake. He was right there along with us. So he was right there seeing Jesus taking baptism and he took him to the desert. He went there and then Satan followed him and he only tempted him. He tempted him three times thinking that at least now get him under control. Get him under control. You know, he's equally powerful. He's equally powerful. Not the ultimate power though, but he's powerful. And he took him under control and said, you know, he was trying to tempt him. Jesus came out of it. Jesus started ministering. He started healing the sick. Satan was trembling because the sickness was caused by the devil. Jesus started casting out demons. The demon persist. Demons were screaming and coming out of people. And Satan started trembling because Satan was keeping under those people under bondage. And now he started trembling. He's kind of losing at this moment. That's why John writes in 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. Can you read that with me? He who sins, read with me, is after, out loud, the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of Man, the Son of God, was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Can I hear an amen? It's not an ordinary scripture the way we read it. Son of man might destroy the works of the devil. Jesus started destroying the work of the devil wherever he went. And by the way, today that's what God is asking us to do. That's what God is exactly asking us to do. He wants us to destroy the work of the devil. Yesterday night, while all this were going on, a young boy came to me just for prayer. So just talking to him and spending some time, and he says, I was a child following Christ. I love, to love God. I want to do so many things in, you know, for God. But now I'm under the captivity of the devil. I don't know what's going on in my life. I hear so many things that I'm not supposed to hear at this age. Can you help me? Can, how can I get deliverance from my situation? You know, devil is keeping many under captivity. And you and I are called for the same purpose. God has called you and me. Can you read with me the scripture? Putting your name there. For the same purpose. Put your name there. For your same purpose. Out loud. Put your name there. For the same purpose. I had to say Balan was manifested that I might destroy the works of the devil. It's for you and me. You know, God is today depending on you and me to destroy the works of the devil. And if you are not creative, I was just telling the young man this is what, are you prepared? You want to do something for God, but are you prepared? Do you still have hurt inside of you? Do you still have corruption inside of you? You need to come out of it first to help somebody, to help somebody. And that the same purpose Jesus was manifested. Now let's talk about how devil is losing. How devil is losing. Let's talk about the disarmament of Satan. Now the way we can make the enemy to lose is take one by one, weapon by weapon out of his hands. Are you with me? Do you want to do that? Do you want to try that with Satan? Amen? Are you sure? 
Do you think you are acute? Yes? Okay, now that's his approach. That's God's approach you want to take. When Jesus resurrected, <coughs> devil knew one thing. His doom is for sure. Amen? Amen? Are you not happy? You're sad? Which side you are? Which side you are? God's side or Satan's side? God's side, right? So better be happy. Better be happy. Better be happy now. Better be happy. So when Jesus resurrected, the devil knew very well that his due doom is destined. His fate is already returned because the victory is already won. Where the victory was won? At the cross. When Jesus rose from the dead, the victory was already won. That's what the that's what Bible says. Can you come with me to Colossians chapter 2? You know, you will see an amazing scripture here. Verses 15 to 17, we are going to read and understand. There are many scriptures. I'm trying to put everything together in few scriptures, you know, take us through this sermon. Can you read with me? Having disarmed the principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Now, verse 16, we should be very careful. After the scripture, God is making Satan as a public spectacle after disarming and triumphing over him after disarming the principalities and powers. Verse 16, can you come with me? So let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbath. Go ahead. Which are a shadow of things to come, but the substance is of Christ. I'll tell you one thing. Whether somebody put a Santa there, whether somebody put a Christmas tree there, it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. Go back to the scripture 16. So let no one, can you read it with me? 16. So let no one judge you in food. Same way we cannot judge somebody in food. Or in drink, or regarding festival, or a new moon, or a Sabbath. Nobody can judge anybody. As Pentecostals, we sometimes judge people. They do this, they do that. Let's do whatever you want. You know, whenever people come and ask me, can I put a Christmas tree? Just do it if you can do it. Can I put a light? You don't see that light today. Will it come again? Okay, good. So somebody asks, can I put a light there? So yes, you can, you, as long as you can put it and you can remove it and he removed it. So, you know, <laughs> you can do it. So Bible says clearly, very clearly, which is the scripture prior to this? He disarmed Satan. Now we are talking something related to Satan. So let's not anybody judge anybody because that part, is, that part belongs to Satan. It doesn't belong to the children of God. If somebody is doing something wrong, you know, we have a responsibility to counsel and encourage. But let's not judge. Whether somebody is doing something in the moon day or you know, no moon day or Sabbath day and not Sabbath day. Let's not judge. Let's not judge. So accusation is the chief business of Satan. Come with me. But Christ rested it or forcibly pulled the weapon of accusation from Satan in this context. That's what the scripture says. So one of the chief weapons known as accusation was disarmed from Satan at that moment. You remember when Job God was speaking to Job, Satan went there to accuse. And now, he doesn't have a legal right to accuse you about you to God. You know, that's why you have the mercy of God extended your, your life over and over again. Because he lost that license. He lost that license to handle the weapon of accusation. 
He cannot no more accuse about people, about the people of God to God. God is not going to listen because that arm, armor is disarmed from Satan. Now, if you can come with me again back to Revelation chapter 12, we are going to close it soon. Revelation chapter 12, verses 10 and 12, we are talking about how God is advancing to disarm and to bring failure to the kingdom of the devil and towards moving forward towards the doom of Satan. Can you come with me to Revelation chapter 12, verse 10? Then I heard, read that out loud, then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down verse 11 and they overcame him what by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they did not love their lives to death verse 12 can you read with me Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Walk to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, because this is happening after rapture, after the church is gone. Walk to the people who are, in the, who are the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. For the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, because he knows he has a short time. Devil is certainly, definitely, at the losing edge, let's talk a little bit about the doom of Satan. Devil knew very well when birth of Lord Jesus Christ took place. And birth of Lord Jesus Christ, December 25th, that's what you say? Jesus was born? Yes? That, is that you say? Yes, right? So December 25th, devil took the calendar. And he's not sure which day to be put, but he wanted to mark his doom date. It's coming. It's coming. Devil wanted to put the doom date. He mentally marked that day. When he's going to be completely destroyed. Revelation 20 verses 1 through 3. Can you come with me? We are talking about the impact that Christmas made on the kingdom of the devil. Can you come with me to Revelation 2, 20 verses 1 through 3. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having a key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. Verse 2, he laid hold of the dragon, the serpent of the old. He's become old now, right? He's very aged now. He's very old. Who is the devil and Satan and bound him for a thousand years. Verse 3, and he cast him into the bottomless pit and set a seal on him so that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were finished but after these things he must be released for a little while and the ultimate doom is going to come so satan is thrown into what kind of pit so during that thousand years satan is going to going where what does it mean keep kept on keeps on falling 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 during the thousand years he's going to keep on falling thousand years of fall bottomless pit that's where he's going to be. And today he puts his ugly face in front of you. And he threatens you. But remember, you are a child of God. Remember, you have a purpose in your life. Remember, your children are purposed. And when they are given in your hands, they are purposed by God. And he's going to be thrown into the bottomless pit, no matter what happens. Because the ultimate victory is won at the cross already. Can you come with me to Revelation 20 verse 10? Revelation 20:10. The devil who deceived them was cast into the 
lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are already there and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. That is the ultimate victory God is going to take over the kingdom of the devil. So birth of Lord Jesus Christ certainly reminds us that the victory is already won. Can you say that with me? The victory is already won because Christmas shook the kingdoms of the devil. Shall we all arise this morning?